Now we're into Mark 14, and this is where all the very familiar passion stories begin. These are the days and hours that lead up to the cross. If you've stuck it out for all these episodes so far, you know that there is a really important question that Mark is trying to answer. He's trying to show us who this man, Jesus of Nazareth, is. And the answer is starting to seep out. People are beginning to realize it. And it's about to put Jesus on the cross. But first, a couple stories back to back about being broken. Welcome to Season 6 of Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. In this season, we are walking through Mark's Gospel. Our hope is that these short episodes would lead you into more, into a time of reading, reflection, prayer, whatever it is for you. The goal is that you let the amazing story about the Savior of the world transform the way you live out your life today. Dinners in Bethany were Peter's favorite part of the week. It's not that he didn't like heading into Jerusalem, it's just that he was constantly on guard, perpetually watching out for looming danger. Here in Bethany, he was amongst friends, at ease, able to breathe easier and quicker to laugh. The team was at Simon's house, reclining at the table deep into dinner when the door opened and a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Peter sat up. He could smell the perfume immediately, even from where he was reclining at the table. It smelled like pure nard, one of the most expensive items one could ever hope to get their hands on. And yet, to Peter's shock, this woman broke the jar and allowed every last ounce of the perfume to pour out onto Jesus' head. The already strong aroma multiplied by a hundred, filling the room with a smell unlike anything Peter had ever experienced. He glanced over at his rabbi who was just letting this entire thing happen with nothing but gratitude in his eyes. As she continued to pour, he glanced around the room and noticed not everyone was happy. Judas was pacing around the back. Why this waste of perfume, he muttered. It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. Leave her alone, Jesus said, hair, beard, and face still covered in perfume. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. But one man didn't hear the end of his speech. Judas had stormed out into the night. Peter had watched him, become increasingly concerned with the rabbi's teaching, and had an awful feeling that he may be heading to the chief priest to make a deal and betray Jesus to them. Judas 
was back the next day, but Peter eyed him suspiciously. Jesus, on the other hand, invited him back in with a smile, a quality about Jesus that Peter still didn't understand. It was the first day of unleavened bread, the day it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb and eat the Passover meal. Jesus called Peter and Matthew back over and sent them into the city, their instructions even stranger than the day they took the colt. Go into the city, Jesus said, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. Peter and Matthew obeyed and were much less surprised this time around when that exact thing happened. The young man brought them into his mother's house and helped them prepare the Passover meal. By the time they had finished the preparations, it was evening, and Jesus and the rest of the crew arrived. The young man and his mother welcomed them in gladly and showed them to the guest room. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it. This is my body. The room went silent. Although he didn't quite understand why, he felt his eyes begin to fill with tears. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. Silence had turned into absolute stillness. Something about the tone of Jesus' voice, shaky, not scared, but sacred. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. The silence was broken by Jesus' voice, not words, but a song. The young man and his mother stood in the back of the room, singing, humbled, and moved by whatever was happening. When the song ended, they headed out to the Mount of Olives. Two super important stories back to back, both with layers and layers of meaning, especially the Last Supper and communion. We could talk for hours and hours about the significance. But I love that Mark puts these two stories back to back because they're both stories about being broken. I mean, at a literal level, the woman breaks the jar of perfume and Jesus breaks the bread. But think about it at a deeper level. This woman is giving up her prized possession, possibly everything she had. Why? To bless Jesus, to anoint Jesus to give of what she had for the king of the kingdom of heaven. And of course, what does Jesus do? He allows his entire body to be broken for the good of the kingdom. Here in a few episodes, he will go to the cross and lay down his life so that we can go free. In a world that preaches, we have to hold ourselves together. Jesus calls us to be broken. To be broken for the good of the body, to give what we have, to use the gifts we've been given to point people to 
Jesus. That's how Jesus decides to spend his last night with his disciples. After three years of dinners and laughter and healing and ministry, Jesus doesn't sit them down and give them 10 steps to successfully plant a church, although all of that is important. He gets back to what is most important, to what will always be of utmost importance, to the moment where Jesus laid down his life so that we can go free. And the call to always remember that and to go and do likewise, to use the time we've been given on this earth to push the gospel forward. And notice, it's these two stories about surrender and being broken that put Judas over the edge. He can't stand it anymore. It was one thing when it was just healing and helping people, but now, as Jesus invites them to be broken for the good of the body, Judas just can't do it. He leaves. He's out. He gives up. And so, a fairly intense takeaway today. How do you respond when your faith pushes you to do something that feels completely out of your comfort zone? Does it push you to a breaking point? Or do you step up to the challenge? Is there something you feel like God has been calling you to do? A step he's challenging you to take that feels like way too much for you? What if today was the day you took him up on the challenge? That you took that step. You allowed yourself to be pushed, maybe even to the point of being broken for the good of the body of Christ. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories in Scripture. We hope Season 6 is bringing Mark's Gospel to life for you, and that this episode helped you see the bigger picture Mark is painting for us. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to share it with your friends, and rating and review it goes a long way as well. We love getting to tell these stories and appreciate you coming along for the ride. So we'll see you next time for our next story.